Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. The Hefeweizen, the beer that kicked off the first haze craze. This is one of those older German styles that we love, but frequently misunderstand. What is the real difference between a Hefeweizen and a wit beer? And how is it different than an American wheat? What we can say is that it's delicious and refreshing. So grab a beer and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey, guys. Oof. We are just trying to get through this whole uh, keeping the baby happy thing right yep. now. <laughs> keep, keep, keep the baby happy as we're traveling through time. Yes. <laughs> Appease the child. You set small offerings of, uh, I, I don't know children's programming oh. anymore. My oldest niece is too old to be watching it. Small offerings right now of squishy things, things that make noise, and things he can chew on. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, things he can I, chew I on assume, is everything. Assume, he will yeah. chew it all. Well, I, I understood that Chris was giving him some, some uh, movie education and having him watch Snatch with him. Yes, That's we messed watched, up, by we the watched way. Snatch, and then the entire time I'm going, this man was tapped by Disney to direct the new Aladdin movie. Uh, like... And the entire, the entire time watching Snatch, I'm just like, you know what? I, I just want Genie to be Brad Pitt painted blue, <laughs> being the pikey. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Just pops up here. It's like, oh, no, you want to kill that man? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no, you're going to kill that Yeah. Had to begin what? his caravan education. Well, and we've already intermingled some Disney in there because we watched Lilo and Stitch the other day on Netflix. <laughs> Which I haven't seen him forever, so. Which again, I would argue is just an animated version of Snatch. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens instead of Pikes. Come on, come on, it's there, it's there. I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of bare knuckle boxing in that movie. Well... You kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what are you been up was... to? Well, not a whole lot. I've had been mostly at work. Uh, I have I have completed. Game of Thrones. I have watched all seven seasons in about a month. You're prepared. I'm ready for the new episode, which will be happening later today as we are recording this. Yep. So I am not at all excited. I am too anxious as to bad things that will happen. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. Like I I I have come I have come with with understanding about the whole show as I've binged it all very quickly. (laughs) Season five is the worst. (laughs) 
Season five is garbage. Uh, it is all Dorn and Sansa and Ramsey, and that's not things <laughs> that you want to watch. All very uncomfortable. I, un- I understand the reasons we got there, but whereas book knowing- four was the hot garbage of the books, but knowing that the stuff that they adapted to streamline was in fact those things. I'm like, uh, nope, no, this didn't have to be as terrible as it is. Yeah. Uh, from season six and seven, you were watching game of Thrones fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, and it goes from being like subtle political maneuverings and, and, and like, you know, little tete-a-tetes between, you know, talking people. It, it, it goes from that to being big spectacle, which is fine. You just have to understand by that point, you are watching a different show. <laughs> and then all the speedboats. The, the cigarette by boats. Season, <laughs> by season seven, everyone is traveling at Mach 10. <laughs> <laughs> which, but also by that point, everybody just kind of accepts this. <laughs> because you're just like, yeah, whatever. We need to move the story along. I get it. Man, I'm just saying that Gendry is the fastest human on earth uh also that uh i don't know the 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 i like season seven is pretty fresh in my mind and there are moments in that that are enjoyable and that are are fairly fun to watch it is just when you delve it's like when you it like it is the broad strokes version of what we were hoping to get and it's like and they are up front. The, the The best thing about trying to watching it through the uh, through the HBO app and HBO site is that it they do go through like their behind the episode stuff. Mm. And at a certain point, they talk about they stop talking about trying to adapt things and start talking about we thought that this should happen. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, because you made up a whole bunch of stuff whole cloth, like the Sept of Baylor. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of the stuff they made up worked out really well. It did. It did. I mean, uh, again, they made up uh, what's his face from season one, the oh god, the sword guy, the wooden sword guy. Oh no, Ciro Farrell is in, in the in books. The, yeah, he's in the book. Oh well, I um, I thought Martin said that he either didn't exist or um, maybe he, it was completely different or something like that. No, he was that Ciro Farrell is pretty much spot on. Oh, um, I can't tell the difference. I could have sworn that he said. I that, can't tell that, the difference in my memory anymore, so I I couldn't tell you. Uh, Braun is a little bit more of a nice guy than he is an opportunistic whatever. Like yeah. Braun has like some some character changes, but it makes him more enjoyable. Uh, what I told Chris the other day was what this what what we need what what the world truly needs is Braun and Tormund having buddy cop adventures. Yes, <laughs> what we what we need is basically that new Fast and Furious movie to be <laughs> Braun Tormund and Tormund. Yes. <laughs> In fairness, I think broad strokes that should work. Like if Tormund's just replacing The Rock and yeah, no, Ron I'm... is replacing Jason Statham. Like we're... We need it. The people want it. Well, speaking of the cinema world. Speaking of what people want, <laughs> they want the movie draft. Welcome to your movie draft minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of April 8th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. Every morning I keep finding a bunch of celery on my porch. I think I'm being stalked. Let's go to the scoreboard! 
Team Virtual Misery and the VOD Squad are tied for last place, still waiting for the first film. Team Drunkage Gaming is in fourth place, thanks to Hellboy bringing them $4.9 million. Ouch. Team Game Night is in third place with $83 million. Team Movie Party is in second place with $158.8 million. And in first place, it's Team Have a Drink with $494.4 million. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. All totals are accurate as of April 13th, 2019. So, the discussion last night that me and Bob were having was how long or how many weekends do you think it'll take for us to get knocked out of first by Avengers? Oh. Do you think it'll be the the first first weekend or the second weekend? Or do you think maybe we last until the third weekend? Mm. Well, because I, guess... I understand there is a physical limitation to how many screenings of it there can be. <laughs> True. Like there, there's a physical limitation to how much money it can bring in on the weekends. Like there's only so many seats with so much time in the day, and it's an over three hour runtime. Hmm. <laughs> the the three hour runtime is actually probably the biggest. Uh... Uh, biggest problem for it because it means that they have less less showings they can do of it. <laughs> yeah, the, I was reading some articles that were talking about how Shazam is not going to be completely obliterated. Yes, it, it will take a gigantic hit and it will drop like 70% in its box office, but it's not going to completely disappear and it's going to keep making money because it's still sitting at a nice like hour and a half runtime. Mm. It's still rather kid-friendly. It's not quite as intense. And so this is going to be like... Not serious, but serious for the context this, of a superhero yeah, movie. Shazam being billed basically as a comedy, whereas Endgame is a dramatic finale. So, I decided to do a little research real quick. Mm. Avengers, the original one, did $207 million in its opening weekend. Okay. Uh... To make, you know, domestically over half a billion dollars. Hmm. Infinity War. Which we bet did, on and lost with. Let's keep that in we mind. We did. Uh, did a little bit more. $257 million. So let's go ahead and say that this this does above and beyond that even, and it will. Let's let's give it benefit of the doubt and say 300 opening weekend. Doesn't unseat us in one go, but... By the second weekend... We're going to be in, this, in second. Yes. Do, no, second weekend, no, no doubt. Right. Uh, now, I will say, I did go watch Shazam this week. And Shazam's real good. I don't just say that because I need it. I need you guys to go watch this movie. Right. I say this because Shazam was a lot of fun. It, it has a couple problems. Mostly that the beginning's a little bit slow. and uh, But... Once Zachary Levi shows up on the screen as Shazam, who they won't name for most of the movie, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty great. Uh, it it has actually like a lot of, of good messages of like you know, you know, finding your real family and all that. And it, you're you as you watch it, you're like, this is just a lot of fun. I I nearly I nearly cried during the movie too. Wow. That, mm. Like there are some emotional beats that you're like, oh, oh. 
My big question, I heard they weren't afraid to go there. Like, that's kind of their thing. Like, they weren't afraid to be silly and goofy with the Because the Shazam story is a silly and kind of out there goofy story. Because they're like, no, they made the, you know, the wizard in the cave, like, just completely over the top, intense about everything. He's, he's over the top and intense about everything, but he is played straight. He is not like, <laughs> there's no, there's not an ironic bone in the body of, of that wizard. <laughs> But does he explain uh, what Shazam means, the the phrase? Do they ever say, like, the gods they, that they're invoking? They, they, they mention all of the, the gods and demigods and heroes that, that make up the thing. Okay. And that plays into the ending as well, but I don't want to spoil anything. All right. All those uh, gods show up. <laughs> so let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Untapped. If I confirm or deny anything, it's just... I just like going there with it because I, that's one thing I like about the DC movie verse that they've created is with Wonder Woman, they were not at all afraid to come in and say, oh no, other gods exist. Whereas Marvel's like, it's just the Judeo-Christian God. And then DC was like, no, all the pantheons, they're all there. <laughs> not aliens, uh, it's gods. They're gods. Just deal with it. That's how DC is. Now, that said, they do still have a... Uh, comic book wise they have a judeo-christian ish thing that is the creator and he also created following gods but but yeah that's the speaking of uh false idols let's get untapped get riggedy riggedy <laughs> top that segue <laughs> oh i can't i think we can't segue again uh so, between March 19th and April 8th, we celebrated the, the season of basketball brackets with our own bracket, the Untapped Brewery Madness. It went so quick, we, we didn't even get to follow it at all. Like, it just came yeah. and was done. Normally, we, we try to do like a week-by-week -week thing as it goes on, but we didn't have time. Well, the championship match this year came down to Treehouse Brewing and Founders Brewing. After a tough 24-hour battle, Treehouse emerged victorious, which it's is insane. Okay, let's... Uh, we're going to look at some of these pairings, but the championship was during KBS release, April 8th, mm -hmm. was when they took check-ins. And Founders lost. Founders Brewing, which came up with their most popular beer at that time, like that exact time period... Versus Treehouse Brewing, which doesn't distribute. Period. You have to go to the brewery to get it. Yep. So, the only thing I can think of is, in fairness, the numbers are very low. Yeah, that's the other astonishing thing. Like, if you're looking at these, you're seeing, um, if you look back at uh, quarterfinals, round three, look back to Dogfish and Brewdog. The numbers that were put up in that matchup. 4,354 from Dogfish against 8,227 from Brewdog. The championship numbers? Treehouse won it with 2,504. Founders only brought 1,918. Uh, I'm trying to look here real quick to see, because usually, there's Guinness. Guinness had its thing, but it was... I think it's where everything landed that it, like, Guinness usually makes it up to near the end. Or wins because it. it's got those, it, yeah, because it's got those, uh, those uh, St. Patrick's Day boosts. Yeah, those numbers get in there but, and give it that big boost. Once, once you get to to the end here, 
Treehouse has, you know, people are checking, making sure they check into all their Treehouse beers because it is, you know, it's, it's that rare. It's that that whale that you found where founders is everywhere. There's still weeks later, KBS and, sitting on shelves. And even then with KBS, people are trying to sell it. They're trying to put it away to, to hold on to it. So they're not drinking it right away. To be fair, I know of someone who has been through, it was like, I can't remember, 15 plus bottles since KBS release. Uh, look, I have been drinking KBS because I managed to get a couple couple packs and it's been the greatest time of my life. But oh, so good. Uh, okay, look at, no, the quarterfinals, Sierra Nevada versus Stone, 8,539 from Stone, 6,233 from Sierra Nevada. What is going on? Like, I don't understand like the way these numbers fluctuated. It, it's so weird to see the championship round with so few check-ins. I guess it's because of the time period. So the championship was only during April 8th, that day only, check-ins. Mm, yeah, just one day check-in. So that does limit down everything else. Everything else was within a couple of days. or Yeah. But still, that's... I'm sure if you're, you looked, there was probably a treehouse release at that point as well. Maybe. Which may have helped boost it up. But either way, there's a badge you can get. Yes. Uh, the championship came down to Treehouse and Founders. Uh, Treehouse emerged after 24 hours. Uh, celebrate their new badge. Check into any one beer from Treehouse Brewing. Good luck. Between April 12th and May 12th to earn Brewery Madness Competition Badge 2019. I already did. <laughs> Aren't you just the Dickens? I am the Dickens. Because I went to Drinktacular. And we had some uh, shares and trades. and. Oh, yeah. I think I drank all my Treehouse. Treehouse. And <laughs> you had some. You just didn't hold on to it. I got it for show drink, like pre-show drinking or something. It was delicious. I, oh, yeah. That's why I was upset I didn't have it now. Always delicious. <laughs> Upsetting. Uh, looking on here, Firestone Walker got beat out by Founders. Yeah, but that, Founders is everywhere. But yeah. during that time period, Founders beat them with the score of 8,146 check-ins. Hmm. Over 48 hours. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't get... It's just beyond me. Okay, uh, what what other badge? What We got other badges? Yes, so uh, Waldo's... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's the month of, uh, well, a certain... A certain string of numbers that people like to associate with uh, Lagunitas. Drink beer every day. <laughs> Waldo's Special Ale, the dankest beer from Lagunitas, brewed for treasure, true treasure hunters, it says, dedicated to the spirit of those always seeking and never giving up until they find what they're looking for. It's never highly. Drink you up, never gonna <laughs> put you down. Yes. Uh, the highly limited release can be found on tap and in six packs, but it won't be around forever, of course. Uh, to celebrate this year's release and bring out the treasure hunter in you, Lagunitas is back with three badges to unlock. Yes, that's right. Three. Uh, there's not just going to be three. Remember, they're always secret badges. Ah. They don't, they don't talk about these at all. You'll just be checking in and suddenly you're getting random badges that were never mentioned. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Because I think last year there were like, five badges in total that you could get. Yeah, so you can begin your hunt by checking in 
to a Waldo's Special Ale to unlock the Waldo's Special Ale badge between April 8th, so already started, and May 8th. Now, Waldo's Special Ale is dedicated to the Waldos, a group of guys that met every afternoon at 420, cough, and <coughs> set out in search of a secret garden near Point Reyes. Uh, and what fun... Tr- <laughs> What fun is a treasure hunt without friends? The boy wants—he's thirsty. He needs a drink. <laughs> he, he wants to know what fun is a treasure hunt without friends. Yeah, uh, you can unlock the next Waldo's badge, Waldo's Special Ale 420, by checking in between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. between April 8th and, and May 8th. So same dates, but you need to put, watch your timing. And of course, earn the third and most exclusive to the badges. Um, on April 20th, 420, and the Waldo's Special Ale 420 badge is yours. Uh, it says, as a special bonus, you can also apply a Waldo's exclusive sticker to your photos when checking in to the Waldo's Special Ale. Just tap stickers in the photo editor to check out the Waldo's themed photo frame, which I did not know they had stickers. That is news to they, me. They've, they've had some updates to Untapped. They, they have a new share button. That they were they were sure to inform me of when I was checking in today. It's gonna try to be a little bit better about checking in because I'm awful at it. It threw me off. Uh, I will say I saw the share button because they used to just have the icons. You could tap Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever to share it to, and suddenly it just says share, and I'm like, uh. Also, who created that share icon? Because it's ubiquitous. It's 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 the it's what it means to say share. <laughs> Why is it not a picture of Cher? You believe in life after love? No, because it's a terrible song. It's garbage song. Garbage song. Uh, yeah, but right here is also where you used to get uh, a news segment. But guess what? We spun it out. It gets its own show. So uh, all if you're... the news you could ever want. Exactly. So uh, this week, if you want to find out who's suing who, uh, how to get free gin for life. And why Deschutes is having so much trouble getting it up in Virginia. You can uh, go find Have a Drink News wherever you listen to podcasts. Or, you know, on Twitch. Because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go back in the feed. Alright, uh, that's enough shilling. And I think we have a delicious banana and clove topic. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. I don't know. We're doing a lot of episodes today. Yeah, yeah, we're packing them in. By by the time we get to the next one, uh, there will be pure anarchy. <gasps> well, uh, so today we are talking about Hefeweizen. So when talking about the Hefeweizen style, it's important to note that not all wheat beers are made the same. Hmm. It's very undemocratic of them. Yes, uh, also, uh, I, I would be remiss if I did not jump in here with a shameful plug to go check out our wheat beer episode where we gave a brief mention of Hefeweizen's. But, uh, yeah, if you want you want to know all about the rest of the wheat beers, you can go check that one out. Thank you, sh- shameless plug, Walker. Shameful, shameful. There's plenty shameful of shame. Plug. I feel the shame okay. when I make the plugs. <laughs> Ah, well, many bars and breweries uh, of the past 30 years would be guilty of the major sin in beer culture and labeling an Americanized wheat beer as a Hefeweizen. Those monsters. (laughs) 
Uh, the two have very noticeable differences. Uh, even if they do have similar roots. The root being wheat. Mm, well, wheat. beers brewed with wheat uh, date back to before the Reinheitsgebot. Uh, the German law that was in part pl- uh, put in place for feud pure, uh, food purity uh, to protect the people of Germany. But another aspect of the law served to restrict the use of wheat beer uh, as a beer-making ingredient so it would be freed up to make bread, a vital food source. Barley was the only sugar-containing ingredients that uh, containing ingredient that was allowed to be used in beer, but that didn't mean that wheat beer still didn't get made. It was just more of a clandestine operation. Hmm. Uh, Bavaria, specifically, is where wheat beer found safe haven. Through a loophole introduced uh, by the rulers of Bavaria, the Dukes of Wittelbach, wheat beer was officially allowed. Uh, the, royal had a ta- the royals had a taste for Weissbeer, or uh, white beer, referring to an air st- uh, ale style known as the Weizenbeer, or wheat beer. Uh, it was, uh, that was brewed using uh, malted wheat in addition to, use, uh, to the usual malted barley. So in 1502, the mandate, uh, they mandated a single brewery overseen by the Dukes of Dengelberg. Dinkelberg. No. Oh, no. Diggenberg. Diggenberg. Uh, in the province, uh, in the village of Svarach? Uh, Svark? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce German. Uh, near the Czech border. Svartzak? 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 Yeah, I don't know. Svartzak. I don't know. Svartzak. There you go. Uh... Anyway, uh, near the Czech border, they would be allowed to produce Weissbeer. Uh, the Dregenbergs continued uh, as an exclusive Weissbeer brewers, and they paid a hefty fee for the privilege until 1602, when the final Duke of uh, Dengberg uh, died without an heir, and his family assets were given to the Wittelbach under feudal law. Hmm. Duke Maximilian I, the man in charge at the time, decided uh, that one Weissbeer brewery in a remote village wasn't enough. And soon Weissbeer was being brewed in towns and villages all across Bavaria, with all those breweries uh, being owned by the Wittelbach. The beer became so popular that sales uh, proved uh, provided almost one-third of the revenues in the state of Bavaria. Holy crap, that's a lot of beer. I mean, they're Bavarian. They put it uh, it, away. Is said, it is said that the brewery profits alone were used to fund the Bavarian army during the Thirty Years' War. Which <laughs> oh my god! I knew Duke Maximilian the First sounded familiar. When uh, uh, when you're able to fund an entire army for the Thirty Years' War based on almost entirely beer sales, I mean, says something about your national pastime. That you're winners. Uh, by the late 1700s, however, Weissbeer had started to fall out of favor. Traditional dark loggers were making a comeback, and the Wittelbachs decided it was no longer worth their while to hold exclusive rights to brewing Weissbeer. Weissbeer. In uh, 1798, they amended the law to allow any monastery uh, or burger to brew the style. So the burgermeister, Meister Burger, <laughs> precisely, could make Weissbeer now. <laughs> 
But even the opening of the market couldn't improve the popularity of the style. And by 1812, the only two uh, breweries in Bavaria, uh, only two breweries in Bavaria were still making Weiss beer. The rest were making overtures. Wait, <laughs> Jesus. So what, they're trying to say that the people didn't like it just after, you know, it had funded an entire army through one of the, you know, most infamous wars in history. Well, you know, taste change. It was a hundred, you know, over a hundred years. So, you know, people were trying, you know, had gotten into the new hotness. It was the seltzer of their time. <laughs> uh, well, given these circumstances. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought it was the New England of their times. Look, I'm just saying, it's the, it's whichever <laughs> trend is, is current. Just throwing trends at you. Is, what about the Brute? What's the Brute IPA of that time period? Uh, Probably non-existent water. Just, just champagne. Yeah, there you go. You can't drink water, Chris. Not in that time period. Fish mate in it. <laughs> uh, given these circumstances, it was no surprise the rulers wanted to get out of the rapidly declining business. And in 1856, they were more than happy to sell their shrunken brewing dynasty to George Schneider I, maker of barbecue chips. Mm, yeah, some Schneiders. <laughs> Grippo's being superior barbecue chip, I will argue. Okay, it depends on what you're in the mood for. If you want a harder burn, you go Grippo's. If you want something sweeter, then you go Schneider's. There you go, yep. Uh, and if I find Schneider's, I eat an entire bag by myself. You're not allowed to have it. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that Weissbier remained a fringe style for many years, Schneider and his descendants stuck with it. And by the time the style came back into fashion in the mid-1900s, this, uh, the still family-owned uh, G. Schneider and Son, Sean, Son, Son. I, I, maybe it's Son. They might. I don't know. Had become the most popular vice beer brewery in the world. Mm. I, I can see that. So we're, we have the swing back going on. Yeah, I mean, the, trends and forces change history slowly, but you know, some things make a comeback. Checks and balances. You know, this whole thing. Uh, the Hefeweizen literally translates yeast wheat, uh, so named because it is unfiltered. Hmm, unfiltered. Hmm, hmm. What, what a current trend do we see that in? Uh, hmm. <clears throat> given the brew a distinctive hazy appearance. Hmm, yeah, hmm. Uh, was the most popular of the wheat beers brewed in Germany by Schneider. But there were more wheat styles being brewed, including Kristallweizen, or clear wheat. No, no, no. That's that's illegal. That that comes in blue, and it's gr <laughs> you start ripping, you know, ripping walls out to try to get all the copper you can just to pay for it. No, oh, that yeah. doesn't seem for the, for that crystal. Uh, a filtered variation, Weizenbach or Wheatbach, a stronger version, usually brewed in the winter, and Dunkelweizen, dark wheat, brewed using darker malts. I also approve. So that wheat bock isn't that no that uh, I'm thinking ice bock when I was saying winter so I was thinking that's the one that's dangerously close to being a liquor. That's yeah that's the one where where you you freeze all the water out of it and you just leave the alcohol and like all right which is yeah. ice bock which is kind of like what Casey almost made when he had his kegerator set too low when he dropped that logger in there and it uh, okay, everything no, but the I'm alcohol no, froze. I'm no chemist, however. When you, when you put a pressurized material into a freezer, it could result in frozen liquid. 
can happen. There are a few things that will turn things into solid. It's usually pressure or temperature. <laughs> it happens There's some sort of time. ideal equation that can tell you exactly what it does, but... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the Hefeweizen is an easy drinking beer that has a distinct aroma characteristic of clove, banana, lemon, mm. vanilla, and even bubblegum. I'll check out. So there was something I was told early on uh, when I started getting into craft beer by – it was by Casey, and it was that that banana can often be an off flavor in beer, but depending on the style, it's correct. As a result, for the longest time, I thought if I tasted banana, it was wrong. No, in this one, made a mistake. if you're but getting this case, banana bubblegum, it is right on the money. Everything, uh, also all those flavors. Are for the Hefeweizen. Yes, for not, the Hefeweizen. Not, I should not get that in your stouts. No. So all that comes specifically from the yeasts being used. And that is doubly so for all these traditional Hefeweizens. Uh, because they are using the traditional yeast strains. So uh, that yeast that date back to magic wands. Yes, indeed. But before the advent of chemistry, uh, yes, these yeast strains were alive back when they thought magic was real. So the yeast for Hefeweizen produces a high level of iso. I can never say it. Is- isomal 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 acetate. acetate or isomal acetate. Yes, either of those might be correct. I can never spit that word out. It's just like chewing on my gums to say it. Uh, giving the resulting beer notes of banana with ban- with balanced phenol production. So uh, okay, still awake, still awake. Low fluctuation fluctuation leaves desired cloudy look appropriate for the German wheat beer style, or in New Belgium's case, for a hazy IPA. Yeah, that's uh, okay. We're going to keep making jokes about that, but when we did our hazy IPA episode, I think is when we we discovered that New Belgium tried making it and they just made like they just used hefeweizen yeast and you went that's not the reason yeah and it gave it like it it picks up those flavors like you're getting banana and clove in an ipa and you're like this isn't quite right it's not that the beer itself is bad it's just that it's not what they're advertising yeah so, when these styles were becoming popular in the early import beer scene in the U.S., many craft brewers decided to tackle the style. It was difficult seeing the imports taking market share from the American craft breweries in the first modern craft beer boom. The American craft beer response was to create a version which was similar in grain bill, but still used the commonly available American ale yeasts. This version lacked the banana and clove aromas since they were primarily derived from yeast. Uh, during this time, beers like Blue Moon were becoming more popular since they were something uh, a little more craft-like, but still maintained a soft, neutral flavor. This style uh, is easiest to see in Bell's Oberon, Goose Island's 312, and even the poorly labeled Widmere Hefeweizen. Yeah, well, Blue Moon... And I'm not taking the time to look up to see if I'm right or not, but they started as craft and got bought, correct? Or did they start as a holy... No, I think they started as craft and got bought by Coors, so... Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was just that idea to make that but something that you could sell to Americans, which... Uh, they did well, because it's popular. Indeed <laughs> it, it is. is. Sees too many damn orange wedges on glasses. I did... <laughs> yeah. 
I did also see the Oberon out when I was uh, shopping for beer, and I was like, oh, it is that time. I can't go to a brewery right now without them going, do you want the Oberon? How about the Oberon? The Oberon's here. You drink the Oberon. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was, about to, I, want. I was about to grab a single of the Oberon, and then I realized, oh, the badge has already expired. I was like, eh, we'll get it next year. Uh, in today's modern craft beer climate, breweries have become more conscious of the difference in the traditional Heffa and the American Whip Beer. The new way of making beer allows breweries to change yeast styles through a quick order to a supply store, and this allows the breweries to stick closer to the traditional examples. Yeah, uh, I guess we're not quite in full swing season for Hefeweizens, because when I was out shopping, didn't really see any American craft examples yet. They might, like, they're probably brewing them right now. I saw the Oberons out there and stuff like that, but any like real Hefeweizens? Actually, yeah. Uh, so, hey, it, it led me to go more traditional, which I was very pleased to go more traditional in this case. Would you consider, mm-hmm. is spring or summer Hefeweizen season? I'd say spring. I, yeah. I'd say, like, late spring. Yeah. Like the transitional like as, period? Yeah, like as we start, well, and as we know, season creep comes around. Yep. But, like, by right. summer, I, by summer, I'm craving, like, pilsners and lagers and... You kidding? Hmm. I already some... saw some uh, Sam Adams winter loggers on the shelf. That season creeps getting pretty intense. <laughs> right, but it's just just that way that you're you know you're ready for the 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 hot times, and it's like let's just get something, yeah, crisp, refreshing. This is refreshing, although I don't know if crisp would be the use I would use. No, no. it's it's like it's too thick for that, which is odd for a. I'm sorry. Thick, thick with only one C though. Emmett Emmett contests your thick. Comment. He just keeps. I'm like seriously. He just keeps going. Child. Um, but yeah, so uh, the traditional Hefeweizen actually falls under the BJCP guideline of Weissbeer. There are two versions within the category. The Crystal, which is filtered, and the Hefe, which is unfiltered. So there is a um, uh, Weinstefaner Crystal that I could have bought, and I went, no, you're not the Hefe. I don't think you, I've ever had the have- Crystal Weizen. I don't think I have either, and it's because why would you do that if you could have Heffa? Well, I mean, I just curiosity at this point, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess. Well, we're we're constantly chasing you know whatever high we can now. Yeah, <laughs> just chasing the dragon. Uh, the beer is a pale, refreshing German wheat beer with high carbonation, dry finish, a fluffy mouthfeel. Accurate. I was like, how do you describe? Yep, no, that's it. Uh, and a distinctive banana and clove yeast character. Um, that banana and clove is... It, it. I drink it and I immediately go, yeah, no, I've got me a Hefeweizen right here. This mm-hmm. this is this is what I'm, what I'm in for. Like, you can pick I, it out of a lineup at this point, you know? Yeah. I had thought about, as a backup, just trying to grab something that wasn't a Hefeweizen, but was still a wheat beer. Mm. I'm kind of glad I went with this for today's episode. Right, right. Uh, but... Yeah. Um, it's got moderate to strong phenols, usually clove, oh. and fruity esters, which... That's Come the... on, man! <laughs> so uh, the clove would be the phenol, and the banana is the fruity ester. You might have some other stuff in there, but that's going to be the, the primary stuff to focus on. This, um, I think this is where like, Casey tried explaining to me phenols and esters, and he tried explaining it to me in a Hefeweizen, and I went, they're both there? I don't understand how to pick it out then. I'm just, in my head, I'm always like, okay, phenols are like 
spices and herbs, and then the esters are like fruit stuff. It, yeah, est- I, I I always break it down. Fruit in my head and floral. Now to, to esters are fruit. Yeah. Uh, phenols will have other flavors. I think phenols will tend you towards, and I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, just tell me so. But phenols tend towards like that danker end. Um. One of them has horse blanket as one of their. Oh, see that? I'm. I think I'm. I'm better at the esters versus phenols. Like phenols, I think still throw me. Um, because I mean the clove, yes. I, like I think phenols and I think spices, but that, I know that's not 100 percent accurate. <laughs> um, uh, let's, let's let's pull up here real quick. Uh, phenols are. Uh, let me. Well, here, you find that. I'll finish this area here. So, the balance and intensity of the phenol and ester components can vary, but the best examples are reasonably balanced and fairly prominent. Uh, wait, okay. I have found part of my problem. Hmm. Phenolic, according to the BJCP, has a number of different things. These are, like, listed under beer faults. Oh. Uh, so, you have... Your medicinal, which is your chloroseptic or medic- ah, medicine cabinet. Right. You know, your, your, uh, uh, what's that? What's the one we always make fun of from the from... band aid? No, well, it's oh. also, it's a different one. Oh, okay. This, uh, the, 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 the tussin. Oh, the tussin. The, the night is dark and full of tussin. <laughs> God, I need uh, to make that sticker. Uh, then there is plastic, which is your band-aid, your electrical tape, mm. your stririne. Uh, this is where you would, uh, according to this, check for infection. Right. Uh, smoky. Ooh, okay. This is also a phenolic. Uh, it can be a smoke-like, charcoal, or burnt-flavored. That means you may have scorched your masher. Or, uh, oh, I was uh, like, yes. <laughs> Never mind. That's bad. Well, it depends. <laughs> uh, medicinal is something maybe if the, 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 the chlorine water is wrong. Uh, mm. Plastic is where perhaps there's an infection. Smoky is where you possibly burn something. And spicy is comes from the yeast strain. And that's where you're going to find your clove and your pepper and your vanilla. Uh, okay. So that's, that's that part I'm more used to, the spicy bit. Right. And sometimes that's just the style as you want to make it. And so that doesn't necessarily mm. mean it's wrong. It just means that it's... Yeah. Uh, but if you're making something and you're getting this in a style you shouldn't get, then that's that's where we're landing. Sorry, I had to pull up BJCP so no. I can try to find this out because I frequently misspeak about this. I I mean, I think... And yeah, I don't this... have Casey here to go, no, Bob, you're full of crap. Well, actually, yes. Um Okay, so uh, back to the Hefeweizen. The hop... No, you're fine. This is important information because we kind of, like, lose it here and there. Uh, The hop character ranges from low to none. Like, I... You basically don't taste hops in this. Um, No. A light to moderate wheat aroma, which I think that's pretty on point. Um, It could be present, but other malt characteristics should not. And I have to say, like... I don't know. I think Bob and I are drinking, like, the quintessential... (laughs) You know, half of bison. It's 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 banana and cloves for days. Yeah. So like, I, and and uh, when in the description of this, I'm like, yep, yep, check, check. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, optional but acceptable aromatics can include a light to moderate vanilla character, fair, and or faint b- 
bubblegum. I can see the bubblegum thing, but I don't get it in this particular one. I think I have before and I have a bison. Yeah, um, I was going to say bubblegum, I kind of get. Yeah. Not my, my, my thought, and maybe we'll get to this a bit more in what we're drinking, right. but not fresh bubblegum. No, no. It just, as it says, faint. For a while. It's that faint uh, um, bazooka. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, that you've been chewing it for forever. You've maybe popped it one or two times, yeah. you know, maybe seven or six times, and you're like, <laughs> Mm, it's kind of there. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, none of these optional characteristics should be high or dominant, but often can add to the complexity and balance. Uh, the appearance of a Hefeweizen is pale, straw to gold in color. Uh, very thick, moosey, long-lasting white head is characteristic. Yep. I still, I still have a bit of head on mine. After oh, yeah. having poured this at the start of the episode. Well, and I have to say, especially if you use a the glasses that are specific to Hefeweizens, um, okay. that's that's the probably real, the best way to do it. Real quick, let's just say how excited I was to get to use my tall glasses again. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I get to use it. It's going to be great. It's like the, because you can, I, I have to say, like, you can do a snifter for basically almost all beers. I wouldn't do it for Hefeweizen. No, like just want... grab the the hefeweizen glass specifically, and you're good. And hefeweizen is so, like, refreshing and kind of like light mm-hmm. that that you want a long, yeah, you know, a, a big tall pour of it, so you can just sit there and just enjoy it. Um, let's see. So, uh, the high protein content of wheat impairs clarity in an unfiltered beer. Although the level of haze is somewhat variable. Uh, the flavor has low to moderately strong banana and clove flavor, which we've covered. Uh, the balance and intensity of the phenol and ester components can vary, but the best examples are reasonably balanced and fairly prominent. Optionally, a very light to moderate vanilla. Uh, and of course, the faint bubblegums thing that we talked about. Um, the soft, somewhat bready or grainy flavor of wheat is complementary and is a slightly grainy sweet malt character that all checks out. So there is a beer that I would uh, that I would be interested to try to see if you can mix with the Hefeweizen. Uh, have you had it's Wells. Wells. Oh, oh god, the banana bread beer? The the banana bread beer. Love it. Right. Have you Imagine had their toffee beer? To... <laughs> I haven't had their coffee. The no, no uh, to- just... the toffee toffee bread pudding. Oh. No, I haven't. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, I'm just curious as to, like, trying to make a Hefeweizen while trying to make the banana bread beer. I'm on board. Honestly, like, now I, I want to <laughs> I wanna get the Hefeweizen and, like, m- use their toffee thing and just make, like, a, a Bananas Foster beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that. That uh, sounds... Can we do this, please? Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that stuff's like more readily available for some reason than I, a lot I of other seeing, imports. Yeah, I keep seeing more and more of it. Uh, I, I, I had it one time as a, uh, tried a bit of it as a, um, thick and liquid, uh, a beer float. And it ended up being pretty, no, it ended up being pretty, pretty tasty when you have like a vanilla scoop of ice cream in there. You just have to do it quick. Can't, can't let it linger. I'm, like a, it's like a car bomb. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not about floats anyway, so that's yeah, that's neither here nor there for me. Well, yeah, 
I love me a root beer float. <laughs> a uh, well-rounded flavor for flavorful palate is what I was trying to say. The relatively dry finish. Uh, the perception of sweetness is more due to the absence of hop bitterness than actual residual sweetness. Uh, a sweet or heavy finish would significantly impair drinkability. I think that's have, pretty spot on. Have Have you realized the longer we've done this, the more that feels like the more we're reading these descriptions. Go, yeah, no, that's correct. That yeah. is in fact how I. Because like early on, I wouldn't have found a way to describe that, but I was like, yeah, this isn't sweet because it's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's sweet because it's not hoppy. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, see, the mouthfeel should be medium to light, uh, never heavy, which, yeah. Uh, suspended yeast may increase the perception of body. Uh, the texture of wheat imparts the sensation of fluffy, creamy fullness that may progress to a light, spritzy finish, aided by high to very high carbonation. Uh, always effervescent. Mm-hmm. Now, Dunkel Weiss, I could see maybe being dark, but I still can't see it being heavy. Oh, I, could, uh, I love a good Dunkel Weissen. Mm-hmm. I think wheat beers in general tend to be, you know, t- wheat, it feels like it's a bit more of a lightning, I guess, thing than, than the other. Very filling, uh, though. It is filling. This goes back to one of our old favorite uh, breweries, but uh, Sam Adams, they bought and released, uh, they bought and still produce uh, Hootapole because... Uh, his dad, you know, uh, Jim Cook's dad worked at Hootapool, uh, and they make a wheat. And I think it's probably still like an American wheat, but I always think of that when I think of like refreshing wheat beers, because I had it one time and I was like, this might be one of the easiest drinking beers I've had in a long time. Uh, these are refreshing, fast maturing beers that are lightly hopped and show a unique banana and clove yeast character. These beers often don't age well and are best enjoyed while young and fresh. Aren't um, most things. Yes. By German Careful. brewing. <laughs> yeah. By German German brewing tradition, at least fifty percent of the grist must be malted wheat, although some versions use up to seventy percent. The remainder is typically Pilsner malt. A decoction yes. uh, mash is traditional, although modern brewers typically don't follow this practice. Weissen ale yeast produces the typical spicy and fruity character, although high fermentation temperatures can affect the balance and produce off flavors. So uh, mm. the closest available examples of Hefeweizens are Eyinger Brauweiss, uh, Hacker's Gore Weiss. Yeah, there's no way. I don't know. Uh, Polliner, Hefeweizen, uh, Naturtrub, I'm sorry, Uh, Schneider Weiss, uh, Unser Original. Mr. Schneidelvixen! (laughs) Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, And then Weinstabonner. Mr. Speedelsbackel! Hefeweiss beer. Notably, all German imports. (laughs) Yeah. Important note. That's a reason. So, that's a great segue to step into uh, what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Besides Emmett, who's not drinking the style. <laughs> who's drinking formula uh, from oh. Costco. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Bob and I are both drinking the same thing this episode. We all went very <laughs> traditional on this one without yes. like... You kind of have to. Without getting together to like deem it. Yeah, it just happened. Right. Like We all came back and everyone's like, no, it went traditional. This one's like, yeah, we did too. Yeah. It just felt right. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're going to go with a, a style this old and like this steeped in tradition, yeah, you go with that old traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went with the uh, Hefe Weiss beer, 
uh, Bavarian style from you and you and Justin. Yes, that's what I said. Weinstefaner, five point four percent ABV. I did not look up like scores or anything like that or IBUs, but IBUs are going to be quite low because it's a hefeweizen. It is quite low. I, I looked up an I, uh, the the score of it before. Let me try to pull it back up. Um, but it's a really good uh, beer. Um, I've been just drinking it. We, we our hefeweizen glasses are packed up because we're going to be moving. So um, I've been just been drinking it out of the bottle really, and it's still just fine. Like it's really good. I wasn't. I wouldn't do that to the beer. I mean, pour it in a glass. Well, I did. So I poured it in um, basically the mini IPA glass that we have um, slash stout glass, uh, and and it, I think it's fine either way. I don't. I don't taste a huge difference. Like some things, like have to be poured into something, but I think you could go either way on this. Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, by the way, beer advocate score is four point one four out of five. Not bad. Uh, it's also one of the most rated ones because yeah because sure because <laughs> distribution for that beer is pretty much the world. What are your thoughts on that one, Bob? Uh, this this is exactly what I think of when I think of uh, of Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's got all those nice little uh, well, like we were just talking about earlier. It's like it's like, do you want some uh, some cloves and uh, and banana? With Here a, it is. A faint hint of bubblegum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty solid. It's also nice and refreshing. It's pretty warm out, to, uh, at least in my apartment, and this has been keeping me keeping me nice and nice and cool. Yes. Nice little air conditioner on the palate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I'm never getting over like when it said the fluffy mouthfeel. I'm like that is spot on because you mm-hmm. kind of it's not thick, but it's not. It's not crisp. Either. There's not more than one C on there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it's a really good beer, though, and a very good example oh, of yeah. a Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I uh, had to deviate and <laughs> uh, had to go with a different Hefeweizen, still a traditional one, going with the uh, Koenig Ludwig Weissbeer Royal Bavarian Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be from Koenig. Uh, this is a Hefeweizen, 5.5% ABV, uh, only 15 IBUs. Again, these are not hoppy beers. Yeah. So, beer advocate score, 3.86 out of 5. Again, one of the more rated beers on there. Um, I picked up just massive clove and banana. Uh, mine was incredibly fresh. Uh, it's Enjoy By is August of 2019. See, mine so, doesn't have a distinct date on it, so I'm, I'm still well, trying to figure out yeah. what those numbers are. I don't have a bottled on. I just have the enjoy by this time. And given that time frame, I think this was bottled relatively recently. And it was just really fresh tasting, massive banana, massive clove, nice spiciness, bubble gum. Everything you want in a Hefeweizen hmm. was big in this beer. It wasn't as cloudy as I've seen Hefeweizens be, but still, you know, on the, all the flavor and... All the uh, aroma, everything hit where it was supposed to. Delicious. Love, yes. love Hefeweizens. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm pretty happy with this episode. I was actually looking forward to it when we were we, when we were like, we should do this. This is the right time of year for this. This will be great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, big thanks again. So, as we've uh, stated, about, I think back in the news episode. Casey might not be here in voice, but he is here in spirit and writing. So mm, you can true. bet any any piece that we do that can 
that contains actual like science and character, Casey wrote it. Yeah, that seems about right. If you can learn something from it, Casey wrote it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. I think so. All right. Well, don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and on uh, twitch.tv. You can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, again, carrier pigeon smoke signals also work. But... Well, we'll get them. It'll just take some time. All joking and fun aside and screaming babies aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly, even though you want to drown out those screams. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, all right. Check us out again for the next, uh, I'm going to say the next episode, because good no Lord knows when the next live episode's going to be. You say that, uh, and I, in my head, all I hear is, na-da-da-da-da. It's the D-O-double-G Snoop Dogg. Oh, dear. Um... God, if only you could play that going out. Anyway, uh, so and also remember to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash have a drink show. And because we haven't mentioned it in a while, also remember to check out our store. Um, that exists. Have a drink store.com. If you're watching on Twitch, you can see uh, Justin uh, sporting sporting our hats and mm -hmm. and a Deladders brewing shirt. Yeah, you know you want a Deladders merch. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So banana-y. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>